welcome back, Beatheads. You are listening to And the Beat Goes On, Dating After Divorce. You have your hosts... Dion McDonald, it's me. Hi, Dion McDonald. <laughs> and me, Jackie Trammell. And we are joined today by a new guest um, who I'm so excited that... I'm so excited you're here. Um, I'd like to introduce Frederica. Hi. Hi, <laughs> both of you. And I'm so excited to be here. We're really happy you're here. And um, we'll get into our topic here in just a minute. But as per the huge, mm. um, we have... Sorry, my chair's a little... A little creaky um we have a few things that i wanted to cover first of all and the the first thing dion are you dun, ready dun, dun. if you're a little geography no so she Listen. does this to me frederica and i want your help because she'll tell me about a country but she, she'll tell me about our new country but she doesn't tell me about it she makes me guess what it is i give clues <laughs> and it's, it's really a awkward game it's a super fun game. it exposes both of our ignorance <laughs> Oh yeah, I've got, she's like, is it in Asia? And I'm like, yeah. Uh, and then oh. I'm like, it's in Africa. I'm like, it's right there by Asia. So, so you, please you shouldn't ask me because my geography <laughs> is just horrendous. Okay, well that makes me feel better. All right, Jackie, how many countries do we have now? This is country number 86 that we are welcoming. It's pretty good. I know. Excited. I'm excited. So, I have a whole list of of hints here. Um. Currently, I, w- I want to start with something more fun. In this country, <laughs> wearing the color yellow is banned. So our friend Monica would not want to go there. Oh, my god! Because gosh. that's her favorite color to wear. She wears yellow as oh, often as wow. possible. Yeah. Um, but it, that's like a happy color. It, yes. It is... Um, Bhutan. Home... To, no. <laughs> it is like home to, to the world's out. largest population of king cobras. Okay. I will be staying far away from whatever country that is. It is... The richest unrecovered sunken treasure is off the coast of this country and is currently patrolled by modern-day pirates. Madagascar. No. <laughs> um, oh, here's a fun one. To prevent deformities or birthmarks, pregnant women are not allowed to tie or kill anything while pregnant. Wait, to tie? Oh, to tie. You can't tie things. Like, I guess you have to wear slip-on shoes. Or kill anything. Or kill anything. I f- wow. I feel like that'd be an easier request. Yes. <laughs> than not tie anything. But what about tying your hair? Yeah. I'm afraid not. Oh. I'm afraid you're going to have to just wear it down if you're pregnant oh, in this wow. country. I wonder what the superstition is around that. Yes. But speaking of shoes, it's home <laughs> to Jimmy Choo. Jimmy Choo hails from this country. Um, it is still legal to cane people. In this country. Singapore. Only, um, no, but Singapore was a part of this country for a while. Okay, so we know that's in Asia. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And it's up, so with the caning, you can can cane someone up to 24 strokes, but you can't cane women, boys younger than 10, or men over 50. So you can only cane men from 11 to 49, or to 50. I mean, that sounds about right. um, But not more than 24 times. (laughs) <laughs> Only 24? This country is... Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Let me pause on that one because do you guys remember that story that was in the news? I don't know. It was probably when we were much, much younger. Um, there was a story about a kid, an American kid, who went to some Asian country, and I'm wondering if it was this one, and he did he graffitied or did something that wouldn't have been considered terrible here, but he was caned. Is, I wonder, I bet you, is this place? It must be. I, I would have to look that up. Okay, wait. So Singapore. So let, let me, let me, let's just think about this. 
So Singapore was once a part of it. I know people are yelling. People are yelling. Especially after the Jimmy Choo thing. Like, I am not a shoe aficionado, okay? I don't spend $1,000 on a pair of shoes. So I don't know. But you know who would? Carrie Bradshaw. That's who would know. Where is Carrie Bradshaw? Where is she when we need her? Um, Okay. It's host to the world's tallest buildings as of 2004 called the Petronas Towers that stand 558 feet high. Do you know? Is it Malaysia? <gasps> it is Malaysia! Yes! That, that was where that story happened. That's it. Good job. See? Thank you. No. Thank you. Because I would have been sitting here forever like banging my head on this wooden table thinking, I know I know this. Thank you to our super intelligent guest, oh, Renrika. No. Yes. yes. So Malaysia. Hey, welcome Malaysians. I know. Welcome. It's very exciting. 86. 86 and... Remind me again, women can be caned also? No. Oh, good. Well, then we're good. Welcome, Malaysia. Go graffiti up whatever you want. Go graffiti the Petronas Towers. You're no. fine. So I think, isn't it? Isn't Dubai, like, don't they have the highest buildings now? They used to until Malaysia, Malaysia they have in 2004 one. built these towers, oh. which are slightly taller, taller than, the ones, than the ones that were in Dubai. Oh. But, but I think the Dubai, um, the new hotel, the... Uh, I forget the mm-hmm. name is the tallest now. It's I think they're continuing taller. to compete. Yes, it could be. I don't. I didn't note what date. Yes, yeah. this article I got all my fun facts. Well, that's was from. But I just feel like y'all. It's tall enough. Like it's, enough. It's look. Homegirl's gonna Google this. Uh, yep. right now. Frederick is looking like, at yep. it. I, I I was just going to look up the name. Of, oh, I, love I that. know it's the hotel in Dubai. I know what you're talking about. Um, you're right. Yeah, I. I it's the. Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I feel like those two just have this ongoing rivalry now, right? Like right. United Arab and Emirates. Someone and should tell Malaysia. them that, that size doesn't matter. It's not it's, the size of the building. It's how it's you how use you use it. it. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's the Burj Khalif. How do you yes. spell that? It's a B U R J and then Khalifa. I think it's Khalifa. So it's K H A L I F A. Oh, oh that's like cool Wiz Khalifa. Khalifa. It's in Dubai. But different. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not. Cool. It's actually the world's tallest building. Okay. Right now. Interesting. Yay. Okay. Well, there you go. Now, Malaysia. That's that's our new one. We're and Jimmy Choo's. I had no idea. I had no idea. I, mean, I learned so much. Caning and cobras <laughs> and <laughs> oh, sunken cobras, treasure. Yeah. And like, the, it's a very fascinating place. So bottom line is like, if you decide you want to go to Malaysia, you have to ask yourself, what is higher priority for me? Is it buying Jimmy Choo, Jimmy Choo shoes, Jimmy Choo shoes at the source, or is it my overwhelming fear of snakes? But don't buy yellow <laughs> because, Jimmy Choo well, shoes. Well, not yellow Jimmy Choo shoes, and don't tie them. Right. If so, you're pregnant. If you're pregnant, sorry. So I've actually been to Malaysia once a mm-hmm. very long time ago, and I didn't know that uh, the color yellow was banned. I had no Did clue. Did you wear yellow when you were there? I, I don't think so. <laughs> If I had, I would have been keened. And there was a note. No, no, you're a woman. You're good. Oh, yes. There was a note in in my research about a group of protesters who wore yellow specifically as part of their protest. I'm so curious what that signifies to them. Yeah, and I don't don't know. But you know what? The internet probably knows. Thank you for that enlightening. Or our listener in Malaysia, by all means, please, please let us know about these things. I think listeners, plural. All of you. All of the listeners. Yes. Um, So I have two little fun things to share that I pulled out of the news about dating. Um, So, Dion, I'm really curious what you think about this. You know, the Bachelor franchise, Bachelor, Bachelorette franchise. Unfortunately, I do. 
So they are having their first ever in 21 years or 24 years. I can't remember what they said. Um, they're having one for people over the age of 50. So the bachelor is a 71 year old gentleman named Jerry Turner. And all the contestants are women ages 65 and older. Wait. Wow. Didn't now we? that's well, that'll air one I would love to watch. Wouldn't that be interesting to that watch? That would be so interesting. So I have a funny story about that. A personal story. So I just turned 50 last week. Happy I'm, birthday again, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Happy so, birthday. You know, it's funny. I was really having a, a bad reaction around that number for some reason and I've never worried about a number before and I don't know what it was I think I just expected somehow to like wake up on my 50th birthday and I don't know look different feel different and once I woke up on my 50th birthday and looked and felt the same then I'm fine I'm 50 so now I'm owning it in fact I got a little tattoo here um, my new little tattoo that says 1973 just because I thought that's I'm gonna I'm gonna so cool thank you I'm gonna own this I am 1973 baby so anyway, I went on my birthday trip, and a friend of mine, um, we were listening to the news on my birthday trip, and they were talking about that story, and they said something about, we have a, our first senior bachelor, and then I thought their next comment was, he's 51 years old, and I was like, wait, what? And I had a total meltdown in the car, thinking that they were talking about a 51-year-old being, being a senior. senior. Oh, my god! And I was, having, I was like, I can't believe it. And my friend's like, they said 71. And I was like, oh, OK, that's fine then. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw a picture of him that was attached to the article. He's handsome. Now, Silver Fox. I have no problem wow. with that. Like, older men are yes. beautiful I think that'll men. be an interesting one to watch. Like, I want to see particularly, like, is there as much um, PDA as there are with the younger contestants? Right. But I would also like to see, yes, how the female contestants were yes. going to be 65 yes. plus. I mean, that I think is amazing. Yeah, I want so to, that'll yeah. air this fall. So and, I'm, and I'm, I'm curious. That. I'm curious to see if... Like, what is going to attract this gentleman to the women? Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, is it going to be... Because I feel like... Maybe I'm wrong. I've never watched an entire season of any of these bachelor or bachelor shows but i feel like they all look the same i feel like every yes. single bachelorette looks exactly the same they have different colors of hair Correct. and occasionally they'll have a different color of skin mm -hmm. but pretty much they look the same well they're all like and i'm super model, they're all beautiful. the same yeah and i'm curious like if that's they're gonna pick like the model i mean i don't know i'm curious if it's just if he will be attracted to them just for their looks or if there'll be something more like life experience i would hope would play a yes, part yes absolutely in that. like and, commonalities mm -hmm. yes and that's probably what we hopefully would see in this show that's yeah, coming up i'm excited because at women at 65 plus i mean they've lived life they've, they've lived. got life experiences i mean these are you know women and they're not who, like looking yeah. to get married and have kids right exactly. away right, right away exactly. <laughs> maybe <laughs> right away probably not at all like <laughs> they're gonna wait a few years jackie <laughs> <laughs> that's that's best you really need to get to know someone or maybe they won't you. even want to get married right oh, a lot oh. of women that age still want their own space they want a companion statistically speaking frederica i've actually read this on several occasions that once when men and women get divorced men are much more likely to remarry than women at mm -hmm. all and much more likely to remarry in a very short period of time than women mm -hmm. and if women do remarry they take a long long time to do so because they're happy being on their own. <laughs> I mean, this has been my experience. You know, I've been divorced now 14 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, with 
a um, lot, some, uh, well, quite a few of the men that I've dated here in the States, in Seattle, yeah. I mean, within a few months, they want to move in. And I am like, I don't want you in my house and nor do I want to be in your house. So it's kind I of funny don't because want you in my house. I do think about that like because I mean I've been pretty open about that I do eventually want to find a partner and I oh, yeah. I want someone to share life with and that means sharing a space with them for me. But then when I think about like my space and having somebody else in it I'm like, well that's not going to work. Like Seriously. it's it is a it, for me, I'm very at odds with that. And I feel like when I find the right person, it won't feel like that to me. Like Correct. I, I, that's how I hope. Well, yeah. I, I agree. Perhaps. I, I don't know. For me. I'm, I'm for you. For my, I, for my own space. That's yeah. how I feel. Okay. Like, okay. I, I feel like when it's the right person, I won't feel like I don't want you in my space. Okay. I mean, I... I don't know. Like I said, I've been alone for so long. And then um, I love my home, you know, and my space. And of course, I share it with my son, who's now 17. And uh, it's our sanctuary. And the thought of a man in that space and me having to pick up his laundry and you know <laughs> his socks and his towels and I cannot I will not I absolutely will not and also I'm a clean freak <laughs> same you know? so so a man is I mean the men I've been dating I've yet to meet one who is as particular as I am or as clean as I am I mean it's so I'm no. the weirdo here it's actually not them I think it's me and I feel like this is a great time to segue because I don't know your story. Well, I have. Do we have I to? Have, can I just? Can we just segue in? It's Listen, like, uh, these are funny. I know, okay. but I just want to get into the story. Okay, go. Give me, just, just give me this little oh, moment, I feel and then like we'll it's go like a, right into your story. Um, so you know, often I find these um, lists of best dating sites for this or that or whatever. So one popped up in my news this last week that says the best, the 10 best legit hookup sites for casual dating. Now, I'm not going to be patronizing any of these, but the names cracked me up and I just wanted to run through them for you real quick in case anyone out here wants a good hookup site. We talked with our guest Mike about how do you find a friend with benefits, right? Maybe this is how. So wannahookup.com, adultfriendfinder.com, onenightfriend.com, benaughty.com, and this one other people knew about, I'd never heard about, smokeandpoke.com oh. <laughs> for the 420 friendly oh, okay. people. Um, Ashley Madison, which I think we've talked about before, mm-hmm. that's for people looking for extramarital companionship, onenightstand.com, and here's one. For the golden daters, um, flirtymature.com and then bbw2date.com for the plus-sized okay. people. So I just thought those were funny. And we had just talked about how do you find a friend with benefits. And I thought, well, let's... Well, there you go, Mike Jones. <laughs> there, <laughs> there you go. go. <laughs> That's how you do it. OneNightFriend.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Good to know. Yeah. So, anyway, that was all I had. <laughs> so, Tinder. You you're welcome. And Tinder's not even on the list. I know because Tinder's old. Tinder's Tinder's like these are all new ones, probably, or yes. like new-ish. Yes. Okay. So, let's talk about Frederica. I really want to understand. So, you said that you've been here. Um, you've been divorced 14 years. So, take us back. 
Take us back. Where are you from? Um, so I'm originally from Sri Lanka. Okay. <clears throat> I was married for, I married at 21. And then I was married for 18, a little over 18 years. Okay. Um, I had two sons, wonderful kids. But um, anyway, so our marriage, I divorced in 2008. Were you still in Sri Lanka at yes, the time? Yes. Okay. I was still in Sri Lanka. And then, um, so during all of this time, I, I was a journalist. I was primarily an investigative journalist. Ooh. And um, <clears throat> I started my career in journalism as a war correspondent. And I covered Sri Lanka's ethnic war, you know, for its entirety, almost. So 26 years. Oh, my well, God. Almost its entirety. And... Um, and and then I did a lot, mostly, like I said, investigative reporting, so a lot of political reporting, you know. And ec- you were reporting for a paper that was not government-sanctioned, correct? Correct. It was an independently-owned newspaper, The Sunday Leader. Okay. And, um, yeah, very bold and a very vibrant newspaper. I mean, I did write for a, The Sunday Times for a while. And I started my career in television, so okay. with Reuters Television. Okay. Um, so it was a mix oh of a lot of things, yeah. you know. And then um, anyway, I absolutely loved it. It was my passion, pursued it right throughout. And um, in 2009, my editor was shot dead on his way to work. So um, I wish everyone could see the look on Dion's face right now. It's not a good one. It's Yeah. It's, I'm so sorry. That's... Yeah, it, it was just hor- one horrifying. I mean, of course, you know, up to that point, I had lost other colleagues because we were reporting in an, in an environment that yeah. was very threatening. And, yeah. you know, this is what the government did to journalists who were independent My gosh. Um, and pursuing the truth. And, um, yeah, so he was shot. Uh, he was killed on his way to work. Yeah. And um, three months later, I took over as editor-in-chief. I mean, they were... Okay, how brave were you? Right? I, I mean, honestly, like... Wh- it, it, I mean, they were big shoes to fill, and I have to admit that and when... And you had small kids at the time, correct? I did. But, the, I mean, not only chi- were they big shoes to fill, and I'm sure he was an amazing person and editor, and I'm so sorry for his passing, but also, were, like, weren't you terrified? <laughs> I mean, I had also been threatened a lot during that time, and both he and I were in and out of court, you know, facing many cases of libel all brought by the government. I mean, yeah. so they were all politically motivated. Um, and, you know, I had received death threats, etc., similarly to him, but not as bad as he actually got beaten up. The way you day. talk about it so casually, like, oh, yeah, I had received death threats and like I, that it was part of your normal existence is just mind boggling. Well, I think that's it, what it was. It right? actually was. It, just was it like, very much was a part of my normal existence. You just acquiesced to that yes. fact and that was part of it. Mm-hmm. But it probably also spurred you on. Hundred percent. You know, people would. I mean, I've been interviewed a lot, even by foreign television stations. Would come out there because our stories made news globally. Sure. Um, and then um, they kept asking me, "Why do you do it?" And I mean, I, I. So for me, it was more than a job. It was a vocation. I just. Yes firmly believed in what I was doing and I think like everyone else at that newspaper we believed that we were actually making change in that country yeah and that change did happen but the paper paid a massive price and that was when you know La Santa was murdered so um anyway I just got chills that's that's 
Yeah. Amazing. I, I mean, it's like you hear about these things and to us here I think it just seems so far away and Mm -hmm. foreign Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and then here you are so like thank god you're here to tell this story yes so um Anyway, when the publisher offered me the job, I mean, it took me about three weeks. I had to think about it, discuss <laughs> it with my family. You know, I kind of thought, because nobody, you know, I think he had offered it to somebody else. Nobody was willing to, that person turned it down because he said it was too dangerous to yeah. sit in that seat. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I wanted to carry forward or continue La Santa's legacy. I didn't want the paper to die. And um, that you know and as I said I firmly believed in everything we were doing and yes the paper needed somebody in that moment of yes. time to bring everyone together because everybody had was shattered you know with what happened yeah, sure. yeah. yeah so it was a terrible time but anyway so I took over in March of 2009 and um, I was editor for three years until 2012 during which time um, you know we continued to break explosive stories the death threats continued etc and then in um, in uh, 2010 the beginning of 2010 the american ambassador in sri lanka um, she i got a call one day and she asked to meet with me at her house and this wasn't unusual because editors would meet with diplomats all the time you know to give them country briefings but when I arrived, there were six other ambassadors there with her. They were all from the European Union, you know. And um, um, it, it was, I, I didn't know. And then I sat down and then she started, and you know, she started by saying, she said, we have uh, reliable information that your life is very seriously under threat. And she said, so I am going to give you and the children uh, these multiple entry visas to the U.S. Okay. so that you can leave when you, you know, if you need yeah. to in a hurry. And uh, I mean, I was I was stunned, and I said, I I will never leave. You know, I mean, but yeah, but of I was very grateful, and I said, you know, and we were given these um, visas that were valid for five years mm-hmm. over the counter. I mean, I remember I just showed up at the embassy with our passports and <laughs> everything was stamped. They had the paperwork done. It was amazing. That that woman, Patricia Butenis, absolutely amazing. Anyway, this was in the beginning, January of 2010. I was determined that I, I would not be the one that was going to leave. But in 2012, I wrote another very explosive story involving the president's brother who was defense secretary at the time. I'm like, this, this seems like a television show. I'm wrapped. I'm it's, like... It's been interviewed for some documentary type shows, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, and anyway, um, the, the government, they initiated a takeover of the newspaper. They used one of their henchmen, as you know, the businessmen, who to buy over the entire newspaper. And it was on the condition that he would fight as he did so. And it is exactly what happened. Then uh, that wasn't why I left, but this defense secretary, who was one of the most powerful men in the country at the time, he was the brother to the president. He subsequently actually became president also. But anyway, he 
starts on short, um, I would be put in jail, they were going to impound my passport, um, and then there were unidentified men on motorbikes who were you're probably going to go to jail and he said they are going to impound your passport and he said you're a mom you have young kids and he said my yeah. um and so that's what i did so within a week we had just like a week to pack we couldn't say goodbye to anybody um and at the time my elder son was was 19 uh, and then the younger was six Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then all I had were these visas yeah, to the yeah, yeah. states, you know. So um so yes, I informed the American embassy of course and they were so supportive. But anyway, um we left in the dead of night, got a plane out of there to Dubai first at 2:30 oh. a.m. in the morning. Did you stay in the hotel, the really tall uh, one? No. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I wish. Wait, I, wish. I just like brought that right on by. <laughs> and then flew here. And uh, yeah, and it was starting life from scratch. All over. Wow. And you flew here as a single mom with your mm-hmm. two children, one teenage son, one yes. young son. And then you have to start a whole life yes. here. Um, and you're, I mean, I know you you shared with me previously when we talked that you'd kind of looked into pursuing journalism mm-hmm. here. But I did. that was a difficult path for yes. you. So um, I'm sorry. So you changed careers as well. Just Correct. Backing up a little bit. So your husband at the time were you already divorced from yes. him? Yes. Oh, okay. okay. I was already divorced, but towards you know actually when we were leaving, he was extremely supportive because okay. I could not have left taken the children out of the country without his consent. But that's what. I, okay. Yeah. So does he get to see the kids? Does he come here? Does he, he comes out once a year. Okay, because I think that would be terribly difficult for him, especially with it, a six-year-old. It, it, that it would, was. Oh, but good. Was, I mean, but what yeah. it, that speaks highly of him oh that yes he said do yes. what you have to do okay absolutely and um yes he comes out once a year okay, good. and he stays with me actually during oh, that good. time um and yeah i mean you know because i figured he only gets to see his sons yeah, once every sure. year i have them 24 7 um can so they go back to sri lanka to visit him they can but i cannot yet because after i left they issued an arrest warrant for me oh. so and that's still active so if i were to go i'll be arrested at the airport and you still have family there and um a few i mean uh, my mother so a lot of my family are british citizens because okay. my grandmother was british okay. so they all live in the uk including my mom okay. and i have no siblings but oh, i ha- yeah okay. so you can go to the uk and visit yes. your mother mm-hmm. oh good yes. okay that well, makes that's it feel good. better yes. that's good so anyway, but that's kind of. So, I, I, I'm sorry, so, it's a bit of a rambling. Don't be sorry. Amazing story. That's, that's one of those stories that you almost have to have as much detail as possible. Like I wouldn't want to have. I want more detail, but um, that's another story. I probably that we could probably go on and on and on about that. But I love hearing that story. Thank you. Well, wow. and I <laughs> Thank when, you for when I first heard your story, I thought, gosh, this would be a really interesting thing to talk about because both you and Dion have experience with coming to Seattle specifically. Um, and restarting life and building a social network and that includes a romantic network like dating and and relationships and I don't 
have that experience of like I've lived here my whole life so I've always had a social network here um but I think that dating even under my circumstances is challenging like how do I meet new people and I just thought it would be really fascinating I think for me to learn about what it's like to try and meet new people when you're in a new place and what that process has been like for both of you um but I think our listeners there's probably some people who that would resonate with so well and I it's you're right um I I don't know how you feel about this Frederica but I mean our situations are obviously vastly different I chose to kind of uproot my whole life um and move to a different state and kind of start over not because of anything tragic or um, tumultuous, just because I was ready for change. Um, having said that, and I don't regret it, I'm thrilled that I'm up here now. Um, I left California seven years ago and moved up here, but I did. I'm sorry. I, I... So Dion is a foster dog, <laughs> dog foster mom, and we have a new foster dog um, Sorry. supporting the show the, today. Protecting the house. And he's protecting us from um, a, a potential threat a dog in outside. a neighbor's yard. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I apologize. Um, so what I was saying is, even though I am, I'm so happy that I chose that, I vastly underestimated the support system that I had built for myself. Um, and... I think I vastly underestimated what it would take to recreate a support system from scratch as an adult. Um, Because I think I had moved around a lot in my youth and like college days. But I feel like it's easy to meet people when you are younger, when you have natural um, support systems within schools, colleges, um, even like when you're young and in a job and you're not married yet, you are connecting with other people that are in that same phase. But when you move somewhere in your middle years, mm-hmm. um, and I did not have children, you do have children, so we have, we're obviously different there, but I feel like when you move somewhere or start over in your middle age years, everybody seems to already have their whole lives. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to break in and people talk about the Seattle freeze. And, oh, I was going to ask you about well, that. Well, I don't know. What My point is, I don't really, I haven't felt that. And I I don't know if it's different in other places. I've not started over in other places. Um, but I feel like definitely here, people already kind of have their, their lives, their families, their mm-hmm. situations. And it's, I think maybe just because of my age, it was much more difficult than I'd anticipated. Did you find that or? Yes. I mean, (laughs) so to start with, I had never been on a dating app in all my life. Same. (laughs) Same. And then I came out here and of course, initially. Can I interject with a quick question? Yes. You had been divorced before you moved here from Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. I know you were very occupied with lots of big things there, but were you, did you do any dating after your marriage in Sri Lanka before you moved here? Yes. So I was in a long-term relationship. Um, Yeah. And then, um, which ended when I moved here. Okay. But yes, that happened after my marriage. Just honest, as we separated. Okay. Yeah. Somebody. We've all been there. (laughs) Yeah. And then. Okay. So that ended when you moved here. Yes. But you didn't do the dating apps 
there i did not and because then, yeah. yeah and then i mean at that we, we never did you know back in sri lanka right. it was not a thing you met people um well and we didn't in our 20s we didn't when we were before we were married right correct i mean i i don't know as i said it was just not even a thing and when i came out here and you know finally when i settled and i actually had to go back to college and because i didn't have any experience in um in interior design when i decided to pursue that path so i went back to the seattle art institute graduated oh, in 2017 cool. you know the yeah. degree in applied arts and in design and then i got hired almost immediately um so and there began my career but then meanwhile at a personal level mm-hmm. and dion you're quite right <laughs> I don't you see all those years in Sri Lanka even after my divorce I never felt lonely right. not once right. but in this country I have experienced such extreme loneliness um it's it's mm-hmm. it's unbelievable you know back home in sri lanka mm. i would even say things like oh my god i just want to be alone <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> how i have come to eat those words i mean they've come to haunt me really but having said that it's not that we didn't we i have made friends and we have a lovely circle of friends yes uh they are all parents i met them at ki- my younger son's school you know he started in elementary school here yeah. so their kids and my son my younger son they've all grown up together they're all now 17 so you know and these friendships so we get together every thanksgiving mm-hmm. and but it, it kind of grew with that and i think i was extremely fortunate to have met these people you know and they've been they're just wonderful so we were lucky there What I like about that, so I did just a little bit of reading about this on a couple of different sites online, and um, some of the really most common advice was when you move to a new place to start focusing on friendships, because when you make friends, A, it's more of a long-term thing, right? Mm -hmm. Dating can, as we all know, you meet someone to date, that person may not be around for very long and then you're kind of back to square one. But if you make friends and then they introduce you to their circle of friends, then you have, you you start to build that social network. Mm-hmm. And that's what they say that's really, really important when you come to a new area. Do you feel like you guys both, it sounds like you did, uh, Frederica, focus on developing friendships first. What about you? Um, I feel like probably um, my work, I started working at the winery where you and I met And I feel like you ladies that I met there, this group that we still are pretty close, like very few of us are still there anymore. Yeah, but we're still connected. But we're still connected. And I feel like that was the first time, it took about a year, but I remember one time looking around and, at you guys and thinking, oh, these are my these are my girls now. Like these are, and it was such a nice feeling because I hadn't, necessarily had I had worked for myself for years when I lived in California so I wouldn't have said that my co-workers were my support system so that was a really nice surprise and then um, like I think I mentioned before I joined a band about a month after I moved here and those guys and their families have also become like family and my support system and I had a little, uh, we were talking earlier, um, I had a little kind of post-birthday gathering um, last week. My cousins came to visit me from Atlanta, and it was wonderful. Shout and out. Shout out to Mark and Roger. Woo-woo. 
I got to meet them. I feel so privileged. <laughs> so we, I had a few little get-togethers with groups of friends here, and it was nice because I had dinner with you and Monica and then a couple band members. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, these were my first friends here when I first moved here almost seven years ago. Um, so, But again, it's like... I feel like I underestimated the support system that I had just kind of naturally cobbled together at home uh, in California that just grew over years. And then I moved here and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Who do I have? And I remember that feeling of loneliness. Just Mm -hmm. I knew about five people, but not well. Like I knew, you know, a girl that I went to high school with that I loved her in high school, but it wasn't like we kept in super great touch. And then I... I had a college friend that I kind of kept in touch with, but it wasn't like any of my core people were up here. So yeah, it it, it took a little while to build that support system. Um, it does, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But yes, I think I like what you're saying about focusing on friendships. And yeah. I feel like, Jackie, you've done that really well. Like you've got these great groups of friends and some of them did grow out of people you dated. Some of them did grow out of people I've dated. But you've managed to... To stay friends with I've been fortunate I enough know. that those people let me stick around but it's also I mean I recognize my experience is different because my entire support system my entire social network is here my family yeah. is here my lifelong friends that I've literally known since I was four years old all live in most of them live in this area and so it, it, I think it's different and I was thinking as you were talking Dion about social media and how that you know they they say technology has kind of made the world a little more flat and that you're never too far from the people that you care about because you have access to them through technology but it's not the same it's not the same it's not the same Mm -hmm. as like i want to go out for coffee with someone or i want to go out for a drink and or i need a fucking hug yes because the thing is absolutely (laughs) yes that's no because like all three of us are strong independent women and my guess is that none of us have an issue doing things alone, right? Correct. Like, I know I don't, I know you don't, and I'm mm-hmm. guessing you don't, Frederica. Absolutely I mean, you freaking yeah. left a country. Okay, you're good. But, like, wanting, like, being able to be alone and then choosing to be alone all the time, those are two different Very things. different. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, having the choice is different. It's, it's, it's the choice. Mm-hmm. It's a complete. I mean, I remember different. when I first moved here, I was like, I'd love to meet people. So I started joining meetup groups, mm-hmm. not even to meet men, but just to meet people. <laughs> and to be totally honest with you, um, i that's one of the hugest reasons I finally went on the apps. It wasn't even, like the dating aspect of it was almost secondary. I remember thinking, well, I just kind of want to meet people. And, you know, if I go on dates, that's great. But honestly, I just wanted to meet more people. And I thought, well, this will be a fun way to do it. And mm-hmm. if, if something else happens, that's great. But if it doesn't, that's okay. And that's literally why I joined, kind of. Well, and it's funny because you're, you're saying some of the things that our friends at Bustle talked about. And not being afraid to go out alone is one of their mm-hmm. bits of advice. Um, and you'll like this one, Dion. Right. Their fifth piece of advice was shamelessly borrow a dog because animals bring people together. <laughs> And I was like, that screams Dion. But I always joke because, again, we met, we both poured wine in, in tasting room. And um, I always joke that wine brings people together. Like, you get mm-hmm. you get disparate people into a tasting room and a conversation will come up, you know, around the wine. And, and usually the tasting room associate is saying something to someone and someone else chimes in. 
So if you can't borrow a dog, borrow a bottle of wine. <laughs> yes. um, but I'm telling you, I am not immune to just like not even having a dog and going to dog parks. Okay, I stock dog parks. That is what I do. That is surprising <laughs> to no one. No one is surprised by that. So one of the other things, and I'm curious if either of you did this or how you did this, but all of the different articles that I read talked about how important it is to go out and pursue activities that you like so that you can find like-minded, like-minded. people. And and we use that, we've talked about that as advice for dating. Like I love golfing, so I feel like I'm going to meet a good golf partner. Now, when I say I love golfing, I don't do it well, but I enjoy doing it badly. And so I always think, gosh... I really need to spend more time at golf courses because that's where I'm going to meet people who love it like I do. Do you? Do you spend lots of time at golf courses? Um, as it turns out, golf is a very fucking expensive sport. Yes. <laughs> so not as much time as I should. Okay, okay. Or as I would like to. Say, I'm not going to shit on you. Yeah, I would love to. <laughs> um, it's just it's just not... It, sometimes it's cost prohibitive. But I'm curious, like, what activities have you guys pursued since you've been here in Seattle to expose you to people who are like-minded? Besides dog parks? Besides, <laughs> those aren't people. Besides besides fostering dogs and showing up at all the dog adoption events? Um, no, actually, I one of the meetups that I joined, it was hilarious. It was, I can't remember the full name of it, but something along the lines of, um, we don't have children, ladies who don't have children, so we can do whatever the fuck we want. Mm. It was great. It was all women like my age and like 30s and 40s who didn't have kids. So we just do like random stuff on a Tuesday night because we didn't have kids. That was fun. What about you, Frederica? What activities have you done since you've been here? I mean, so I used to uh, be a big part because obviously uh, writing is still my passion. So, you know, I went to... um, uh, Hugo House in Seattle. You know, I I kept going there. There. What mostly. is Hugo House? I so oh, it's, I'm not familiar. It, it's this literally literary. Um, yeah, it, it's you know they bring authors from all over the country and oh, then they okay. teach writing. There's writing classes. And, oh, that's so But cool. there's various events. I yeah. I mean I love it. And my younger son here, I mean, has gone from multiple summer camps. There, totally loves it. Um, so I did. I would go for some of the events and not to actually meet men, never for that really. Uh, it never even occurred to me, to be honest. But um, I, I, I'd never, having said that, I never ever met, there, there were men there, but I can't explain it. I mean, and I think, so if you are to talk about the Seattle freeze, yeah. I think if I have ever experienced it, it would be in that where ever you go or any kind of social gathering men don't you don't get picked up right because i think they are so afraid of <laughs> of being accused of some kind of sexual harassment it's but i don't know if that's unique to seattle i think that's unique to the time period that we're living in possibly absolutely <laughs> i mean i think, absolutely i think definitely seattle has its fair share of kind of like geeky computer nerd mm-hmm. type and no offense to anyone out there but i think there's there are a lot of tech people who live here who aren't necessarily the most Correct. social or the most I agree. extroverted. Yes. So that doesn't help our cause for sure. Yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Frederica, I'm curious because being a single parent myself and now your son is 17, your mm-hmm. youngest, my youngest is 17. Um, when I 
divorced, my ex-husband is still in the area. So I had pockets of time where my kids, even when they were younger, were with their other parent. And so I had sort of free time to go and pursue interests or go out into the world where other people are. Was that harder for you because you your ex-husband was literally half a <laughs> world away. Way. Absolutely. So I I cannot do that, right? Because right. I am a mom. I'm full-time, 24-7, <laughs> right. a right. mom. And then, um, I mean, when I did actually get persuaded to get on these dating apps, it was about three years ago, three or four years, um, I, I cannot do, because there's no shared parenting here. I mean, I had a much younger child at the yeah. time. So it's complicated. And then as a result, after I met them out at various places three times or so, or four times, I asked them to come home because it's convenient for me. Yeah. And then the fallout of that has been, um, first, I think it's been too quickly that they get to meet my children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't That's like hard. it, but it, right. it's, so it's what else just, do you so what else can I, you do? I cannot because yeah. I cannot leave my child alone at home. And then, so when they come over, I mean, I, so this is a very Sri Lankan thing. You know, anybody who comes to your house, we feed you. So I have been Maybe feeding these men. Maybe secretly I'm Sri Lankan and I didn't even know it. <laughs> Most so, likely. I'm, so <laughs> you the know, red hair. I, all, so I have been feeding them, cooking and feeding every time. Well, and they're I never going to leave. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and you so tell no me you one, didn't yeah. pick up their dirty socks. And yeah. Oh, no, no. Oh, my God. No, but I mean, no wonder they want to move in. Uh, yeah, so exactly. <laughs> and after a few months, they're like, oh, you know, I, I've been asked multiple times to get married and then um i mean you know it's been broached like oh we should get married we should do because yes i am <laughs> cooking for you i'm i'm the one doing all the dishes while you sit on the sofa and talk politics with my oh. son <laughs> also you happen to be gorgeous and intelligent oh, and no. well you know oh, come yes. on so there's all that too oh, yeah. so don't sell yourself short you on that badass <laughs> and, and a badass yeah oh no so you're very kind but, <laughs> but it's, well and so do you feel now that your son's a little older obviously he's a little more independent can take yes. care of himself so do you feel like you have a little more freedom now? Yes. But then, and I'm I'm completely supposing because I'm not in your shoes, but it's been so many years. Do you feel like you've sort of developed a pattern of not going and doing these things? Absolutely. And so now you have to overcome that. Yes. So it's kind of like starting over, over. Again. Again. And, you know, I have never, ever spent a night at a man's house. Oh, Never, no. because I cannot leave my son, leave son and I right. still won't. I right. mean, I know he's 17, and yes, I can leave him now and go out in an evening yeah. or whatever, but I would but never. who wants to have that conversation with your 17-year-old? Like, I imagine my 17-year-old. Oh, oh, my gosh. He and, would die. And me going, hey, son, I'm not coming home because <laughs> I'm going to go home with this Like, you can't have you that conversation cannot. with Absolutely your son. not. And if no. your son is even remotely as easily mortified as mine. Yeah. Oh, he is. That would be the, like, the worst. Nobody wants to think of their mothers in that capacity. Absolutely. Nobody. I and, still don't. Trust me. Yeah. And he has actually hated all my boyfriends. Everybody's oh. come home. I mean, he will chat sure. to them and he's polite. And, you know, he does. But he always... I, I don't know whether it's a, so much so that my eldest son or my oldest son yeah, yeah. at one point had to say, Mom, just ignore him. You don't need his opinion. Good. It's about you I mean, that liking is true. this guy. That is true. Which is true. But that said, 
that's it. You see, I will never let a man move in with me, not as long as my son is with me. No. Nope. I, I, because it's our home. It's his right. sanctuary. I would never do that. Never. Yeah, so that's no. a big... So maybe perhaps that's why I am still single. That's why my relationships maybe don't last. Uh, for, of course, there are the multiple reasons. But um, that you, may be one of them. Do you feel like you maybe even subconsciously kind of put up that wall? So I do. So things don't get too serious or someone doesn't get too close? 100%. And okay. I have been told that I do and I acknowledge that I do. So, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I know I'm doing it. <laughs> I built the damn out. wall. I'm familiar <laughs> with it. <laughs> but at least, you under- at least you know what's going on. You understand mm-hmm. what's going on. Yes. Um, and are you on the dating app still? Yes. Or, okay. But just more on a casual level? Just to I mean, no. I really want to meet that special okay. someone. I want that mm-hmm. final person. You know, And to be honest, I'm really tired of dating. You know, I've <laughs> dated hey, my here, exhausted. Here, here. I am so exhausted. That So much so that recently I've been telling friends, I said, I am done. He will literally have to come and bang on my front door and say, I'm here for you. This sounds, like, yeah, I was gonna say, this sounds like a conversation that Jackie and I've had on numerous. Oh my God. Things. I just so cannot let anymore. Let me ask you a question <laughs> because, because your son and mine are close in age. And so I kind of know where I am in life right now. And I look at Seattle has always been my home or the Seattle area has always been my home. And I think about, once he graduates high school, I could kind of go wherever. And maybe that opens the door to different possibilities. Or, And, and I'm not saying that's what I'm going to do, but I, it's rattling around back there as mm-hmm. a potential that could happen. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder, like, for you, do you ever think about when your youngest goes off and, and spreads his wings, do you stay in Seattle? So this is... So much on point, Jackie. And this is a question I've been asking myself. I'm very proud of being on point. It's it's very much in there. The writing is on the wall. You're quite right. Um, You know, my son, he's going to graduate next year. Yeah, same as mine. And then he will go to college. And then I've already started talking about, you know, I should look at moving from Seattle. I love the East Coast. Oh, you do? I do. So I have been considering it. But I think the whole process of moving again starting all over again you know i can't do it i think it's too daunting it's daunting i've done it once i know exactly what it entails yes yes i so cannot you don't do think it again the challenges you're facing in finding the person you're looking for has as much to do with it being here in the seattle area as it is no. just the challenge of the circumstances of your life and being in an yes. area where you don't know a lot of people. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It has nothing to do with Seattle. See, I agree. And I, I hear people talk about the Seattle freeze all the time. And I'm like, I don't no. I don't necessarily think it's a thing. I think that, yes, like we talked about before, um, there are a certain type of people that gravitate towards here, certain type of person. And people that have been here their whole lives, like you, mm-hmm. um, tend to already have their circle. Yes. So it is a little bit di- more difficult to break in. But I don't think that's the place. I just think it's where we are in our lives. That's, Correct. Um, and I, like, as far as getting to know people, it, it took me a little longer than I had thought. I don't know. I just didn't think about it. I was like, cool. I'm just going to, like, pick up everything that I know and just move to a different city. And how fun and exciting is that? And it was fun and exciting. But I don't think I even thought mm-hmm. about, about starting over. Yeah, I just, be. I just wanted to start over. I well, was ready. And, and if I'm being honest, and, and this kind of sounds 
kind of sounds like a smart ass or a maybe a, a terrible thing to say. <laughs> and I'm just going to put it out there. But I've been single for 11 years now. Um, with, you know, often on dating people for periods of time within that. But my divorce was 11 years ago, for fuck's sake. And um, so when I do allow myself to peruse through these dating apps, I feel like you see the same people on there. And then I start thinking, oh, my God, and they're seeing me. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> I shot them too. <laughs> but, but, like, I sometimes I think about would it be at least more fun to try if you're gonna do dating apps to try it in a new city where you haven't maybe already seen all the inventory and i know that sounds terrible well, have you thought but about, i'm curious like what you guys think about have that. you thought about just widening the circle so like not necessarily looking at other cities or having to move to another city but widening your area of i'm looking. very i'm very because of my job and the flexibility that I have with right. it where I I don't commute to an office and I right. can kind of do my job from anywhere within within my right. sort of sales territory. I do I do have a pretty expansive um range set to allow for because I, I could like like just within the state or I mean I wouldn't well I shouldn't say wouldn't. Because you said that you were maybe open to moving yeah, elsewhere. Yeah no I'm I'm very open to that. It's just people that live in other areas might not be as open to what would initially be a long term sure. long distance sure. relationship and so you don't match with people very often but what about when another. you travel like do you, have you ever do you turn it on do you what do you do, like, do you turn, turn it, on? it on when you go to a different city I'm, yes <laughs> yes and there's one app that allows you to you can choose multiple sort of Metro areas, metro areas, okay. right? And so there's areas within my um, my work territory yeah. that I spend more time than others. And so uh, I will, I did open my range for that. Now that app ended up just giving me the heebie-jeebies after a while, and so I don't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. But I am open to that. I'm okay. I'm very open, especially like we were talking about Frederica. Um, you know, I'm not going to be tied specifically to where I live right now for much longer. So Mm -hmm. I can kind of go do whatever. It's it's, it's just an interesting thing to think about. It is. It it certainly is. But um, um, yeah, it's certainly something I am thinking about very seriously actually right now. But it's again, having said that, like I said a little short while back, it's just the thought of going (laughs) elsewhere and starting all over and having to make friends again. You know, there's that too. Well, and I think about that because, you know, Dion, you were saying that the the first friendships you made were work-related, where you hadn't had that experience before. And uh, many, many of the friends that I have now are people I met through work. In my previous careers, I worked in an office, and you got to know the people around you because you were in Mm -hmm. a place of business. But Frederick and I work for the same company. We both work remotely from our homes, and we happen to have struck up a friendship because we interact with each other. But if I were to uproot and move somewhere... I would be working out of my home and my exposure to other people and the opportunity to build those friendships right. would be diminished relative to the people that go into an office every Absolutely. day. Absolutely. And do you think about that too? 100%. In well, fact, this is something I say and while I love my current job, I love the company. You know, there's all of yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, having said that, the huge downside to this job yeah. and while I love working from home, I love yeah. the freedom it gives you, you know, the it's all of that but 
the fact that you don't meet people right. is a huge downside. And if you already have your kind of social groups set up, you mm-hmm. might not necessarily need that so much. But if you are moving to a new place, yes. that is going to be crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, again, I don't know. Because for me, like what I'm hearing you say, Jackie, is like it kind of sounds exciting but also daunting. And Frederica, you're like probably the daunting is – taking precedence because you've already done it and you know what it's like Mm -hmm. and I know for me when I left California I was just so done with my life in California I was like I've had this business for 17 years I was married for pretty much the same amount of time and you know I had all these things that were just like I felt like I was in a rut and I like the thought of leaving was way more exciting at that time than it was daunting so I think you just have to weigh those two out. And you're like, there's always going to be excitement in completely starting over. And there's always going to be a huge sense of like apprehension or it's going to be daunting. So which of those is weighing out? Mm-hmm. You know, and it sounds like for me at this point, like I'm super happy. I feel like Seattle's where I always was meant to be. I don't see myself picking up and moving. I mean, maybe like, I don't know, my dream having a second home somewhere so I can leave in the wintertime sometimes. Um, but for the most part, I absolutely love it here. I'm thrilled that I'm here. I don't ever see myself living anywhere else. But it's because I've lived a bunch of other places and then I finally and I came home. And I haven't had that experience. You haven't There's had that. There's a part of me yes. that's like, I do want to experience right. that. Right. But this will always be home. And then I'm like, why would I go live anywhere else? It's so awesome here. Not that all of you don't live in wonderful places, but this is home. All right. Well, and that's, that's the thing. I mean, people thought I was crazy. I lived in Sonoma County. You know, that that is people's dream vacation. Wine country. It wasn't home to me. And I knew it. And every single day, I had a business. I had a marriage. My family was there. Everything I knew and loved was there. But it wasn't home. And I didn't know how to put words to that. And then one day, I just thought, yeah, that's what it is. It's it's lovely. There's nothing wrong with it. But it feels like I'm on an extended vacation, and I just need to go home. And when I moved up to Seattle, I felt like I came home. And that's the only way I can describe it. So if you have found the place that feels like home, then you're already there. Then why would yes. you? <laughs> so, but but then, so what is that like for you? Because you wouldn't have left Sri Lanka. No. Which I assume right. still is home to you. It is, yeah. So how do, yeah, does Seattle, do you get any sense of homeness here? Or do you just feel... I don't. Out of place. Okay. And I don't. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I look, it's a beautiful city. Um, the, the plus is that both boys have settled. They absolutely love it here. They love it for them. This is home. But for me, it has never been home. Right. And you know, it's I can't even describe it. And you, you can't. The, what you, can't. you were just describing, yeah. Yeah. you know, that is so true. <laughs> that in perfectly encapsulates what I feel. Mm-hmm. And listening to you where you said you came out here to Seattle and you knew this was it. This yeah. was home. I haven't had that feeling. You haven't had that. And yeah. all the time, I'm just yearning, oh. you know, to go somewhere and oh. get that feeling. I want that for you. I oh. want that for you because I know how that felt. And yeah. it was there was always something missing. Right. And I would walk around and I'd be like, what's wrong with me? This is where people come to vacation. And, yes. And it's beautiful. And there was nothing wrong with it. And I have a whole life here. But I just felt my, my soul wasn't there. Correct. Do you ever feel like, do you ever look at your mom's in the UK? Do you ever think about going and living closer to her? No. So, 
the look on her face well, when you said that because she's nodding her head right, and she's like no, no. that oh was gosh, definitive no. that was definitive i mean listen i love london we've been there like a dozen times right. And, um, but I couldn't live there. Same. Publicly, it's weird. So we used to go to London, or I've been quite a few times, uh, while I was in Sri Lanka. I went from here only once in 2016. And that did it. I was like, this place is so damn backward. There's no way I could live here. (laughs) (laughs) Coming after going from the uh, from Seattle which is it's really weird so no I could never live there so no I think she's pretty clear on that not moving to London no I I lived in I went to school in the UK just outside London okay so I've spent a ton of time there and I and I love it but it's funny because in 2014 I was going through my divorce and I just needed to get away from California and go somewhere different for Christmas so I went back for a month to the UK and it's so funny I was like I do still love London, but I could never live here. Absolutely. And it's, I, I was like, oh, I felt like I was betraying a place that was so special to me. And it is special, but again, don't want to live there. Me too. I mean, I love it. I yes. love it. For a long time, I used to say London was like my second home. Because, you know, you arrive and I feel so familiar yeah. with everything. Yeah. But that time when we went back from here, or we've been, when we visited from here, and I just, I thought, gosh, I couldn't live here. I mean, so, so yeah, so definitely not the UK. Not the UK. Well, I'm, I personally am quite glad that you're here and, um, thank you. I know. And, but I, but much like Dion said, I, I want you to have that sense of belonging and homeness. And I hope that, cause I know you can't go back to Sri Lanka anytime super yes. soon. Um, I hope you're able to find that somewhere, even if it's not here in Seattle, um, because everyone deserves that. Absolutely. Thank you. And I'm sure I will. You know, I mean, it's a beautiful country. It's so diverse. You know, there's a ton of places. Um, Dion and I are here. (laughs) Which I love. Oh, my God, that I met you guys. You see, so it's, again, it's all about connections also that you make, right? Yes. And, um, um... yeah, so we're the, gonna take you wine tasting, and then you're gonna meet. Oh my god, I would people. love that. <laughs> totally, we're gonna make this happen, and totally. we're gonna make sure we have a driver. Yes, <laughs> one of our seventeen-year-old sons. Oh, yeah. yes, <laughs> that's a great idea. I can't imagine that my son would enjoy anything more than driving his mother. Oh my god, to drink. I think he would love that because Xander, her son is so helpful he's oh. always like mama what can i do for you and mama really what can i do for your friends mama really can i fix you dinner mama can i make you brownies no it's How amazing sweet mama can goodness. i pour you wine because that's he really that's the an, yeah the wine. wine so he would love to drive us around that's it he's hired we'll hire him okay. we'll pay him to do <laughs> oh, it yes. he would do it for yes, money for sure <laughs> he, would, he yes. would do it for money so one thing that we like to do frederica as we kind of wrap up our episodes is just do a quick sort of spot check on on what we each are taking away from the episode like what what maybe we've gained from it personally because I haven't had the experiences that the two of you have had I think it's been really eye-opening for me to hear what because I have thought about oh maybe I'll just go maybe I'll just go live somewhere else (laughs) and hearing you Dion talk about that that was sort of your attitude and the things that you hadn't really realized and hearing similar things that you've experienced about how hard it is to rebuild a network and then thinking about, oh gosh, I wouldn't even be working in an office where I would have an opportunity to start that, um, has made me rethink that that thought a little bit. So that's kind of my takeaway. 
do either of you have a takeaway from this conversation to share? I mean, honestly, I'm still kind of processing your whole story, Frederica, and just super grateful that you trusted us enough to just talk about that because that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, and I know it's been a few years and you've probably done a lot of emotional processing around it, um, but just thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I did not expect that. Jackie kept saying, you're going to love her story. And I'm like, I'm sure I will, Jackie. But I I, know she kept trying to get me, well, why don't you tell me? I'm like, oh, no, no, you have to hear it from Frederica. Yeah, so, but no, really just, I think you are amazing, strong, Mm -hmm. badass chick. I just think you're like, I mean, look, I'm like, just, yeah, you've, you've got just, resilience and strength and I just admire you so much sorry I didn't mean to like put you on the spot but like that thank you thank you but thank you thank you both you know you see this is an opportunity right Mm -hmm. and I think my takeaway has been um I met both of you Jackie of course I knew but Dion I meet you you are amazing like (laughs) anyone I think who's a friend of Jackie's um but and then hearing you speak hearing you both talk about these issues that you know are I can relate. I can empathize. Mm. This is mm. my story as well. Mm. And I think, you know, when women like us, we are all strong professional women. Yeah. When we get together and we can be vulnerable and yes. be open, you know, and just say, this is what it's done to us. You know, this is what it is doing to us. That by itself is huge. It's yes. huge. And, and that, it's it's empowering. You know, it gives you strength. That's what this whole discussion has done. It's made me stronger. Oh, so like, thank well, you. And words. We appreciate that. Because like little I know. Here. And that's literally when Jackie and I set out to start this podcast. We knew we had stories. Mm-hmm. But it was more than stories. We decided, we were like, if we have stories, other people have stories. Yes. And hopefully something that one of us or one of our guests shares is going to resonate with someone. And somewhere along the way, like I fully believe in the ripple effect. I feel like we can't be everything to everyone. We can't help everybody that needs help. But if something I say or do can help one other person, then that person can take that and help somebody else. And then it's like ripples in a pond. Mm -hmm. I mean, as cliche as that might sound, I have to believe that because otherwise I will get caught up in all the bad in the world. And I know like you've seen the bad in the world (laughs) and you set out to do that with your journalism and we're not journalists, but you know what? We have this little podcast. We have this little conversation that we can have. So yeah, hopefully we're, we're empowering someone and helping someone and, I'm sure you are. You certainly empowered me. Oh, well, we're so, so, so grateful that you spent your evening with us and shared your story. And um, we just wish you all the, like, you're going to find the person <laughs> and the place. And it's yeah. all going to feel like home. And I can't yeah. wait for that to happen for Same. you. Also Thank for, you. for us. And yes, so, for all um, of us. Yeah. So I think... I'm just so grateful that that you're here. The both of you are here. Yeah, thank you. And Beatheads, we're grateful that you are here and listening. <laughs> and you know, I haven't made a plug in a while, but if you wanted to, just hit that like button, subscribe, share, rate, review. All those things will help us continue to grow this to maybe our 87th country. Hopefully, um, and beyond. Do we have Sri Lanka, by the way? You know what? I meant to look that up, <laughs> and because uh, if not, we might now. <laughs> Yeah, but if not, maybe send someone in Sri Lanka a link and have them give us a listen. <laughs> have them share it around. Um, 
but yeah, no, we, we appreciate, um, all of you listening and your stories and, uh, I'm just, I'm just so excited. Yeah. And we'll, we'll be back next Thank time. You. We'll be back in a couple more weeks. Thank you everybody. Bye. All right. Bye. bye.